Welcome into ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and Tanitra. Coming up on today's show, I don't think Landry Fields knows what he's up against. That's all coming up next right here on ATL Day Ones. Let's go. This is ATL Day Ones, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now. I want to start off by saying thank you for making ATL Day Ones your first listener of the day. And remember, we are free and available wherever you download your podcast. And wherever you download your podcast, make sure that you leave us a five-star review. Really appreciate that from you in advance. Today's episode of ATL Day Ones brought to you by FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started today. Now, I know some of you, if you're watching on YouTube, you notice this is not that's not Tanisha Batiste. <laughs> no, sir. Nowhere <laughs> <laughs> near. If we're being really honest right now, that is my guy, my main man, Arthur Trish, 30 years sports working in the sports industry, over 30 years experience in working in the sports industry. Also, he's a legend as well. First African American PR director in NBA history with our own Atlanta Hawks. And we have so much to talk about when it comes to the Atlanta Hawks today. So, yeah, I got my main man, Arthur Trish, filling in for Tanitra. She will be back with us on tomorrow. And, A.T., when you think about, you know, what went down this week, I think it's probably perfect timing. I think I probably timed this out. Yes, just you did. By, by yes, the best way you could possible timing. So, you know, Tanitra and I obviously have delved into, you know, the firing of Nate McMillan. But uh, before we get into Landry Fields, I want to get your initial response when it all the, all the news went down that Nate McMillan was relieved of his duties? Certainly wasn't surprised. Uh, I've known, I, I knew late Nate for a long time. It goes without saying. Uh, you spend 23 years with the Hawks in the, as well as being in the NBA. You get to know a lot of different people. You make a lot of contacts, a lot of relationships. Uh, you make a lot of friends. And I miss those, all of that. Uh, it's It's been, I've been away from the, the game and the league for the last 10 or 11 years. Uh, I would love to get back there one day. I don't know if it will ever happen again. I certainly was blessed to spend a lot of time with uh, a lot of different players, a lot of different broadcasters, a lot of different media media types, a lot of different presidents, uh, GMs, coaches. The list just goes on and on. And so it was – I've seen a lot over my 23 years uh, as a PR director slash VP of communications, and I was proud. I was surprised when I first heard that I would – be the first uh, African-American uh, PR director in NBA history because I came from the NFL's Detroit Lions at the time. And while I was an assistant there, uh, there were plenty of us in the head role uh, with several N- NFL teams. And so the NBA being who they are, who they were, uh, and how many of us uh, played in the league at that particular point in time, uh, I just automatically assumed there would be someone before me that uh, I would either learn from uh, and and uh, become a, a better PR person. <laughs> and lo and behold, right. Jeffrey Denberg was the beat writer of the, of the Hawks at the time, and I'm still in Detroit, and we meet up at uh, a Piston playoff game before I'm, I'm done with the Lions. And uh, one of the first things he said out of his mouth was, was uh, you, you'll be the first black PR director in NBA history. I'm like, what? And he said, uh, <laughs> "Yeah, and he brought, I wasn't, I wasn't pissed off at it or angry about it. I was just stunned that I said, are you serious?' And he was like, mm-hmm. "Yeah." He said, uh, "We've never had one 
in that position. And I was replacing uh, Bill Needle, who was in that job for a number of years. And ironically enough, that wasn't my first, that was not going to be my first experience with the Hawks. Right. I had helped them out. If Hawk fans remember, you played 12 games in New Orleans uh, back in the uh, mid to early uh, 80s. Uh, when the Jazz left town and the, uh, one of the Jazz uh, executives was interested in trying to get a, another team in town, and I don't think it was going to happen as quickly as that guy perhaps thought it would, but he was able to uh, finagle a deal with Stan Kasten, then Hawks president, of uh, playing 12 games for a million dollars in the city of New Orleans at the University of New Orleans' arena. And so I was working at Tulane University at, at the time uh, in their sports info office uh, after graduating from school. And uh, if I, I always wanted to, I grew up a Lakers fan. You couldn't tell me anything during the Lakers Showtime era. Uh, mm. When Kurt Rambis was uh, clothesline, I wanted to fight. <laughs> <And> so <laughs> uh, I was mad at James Worthy for not punching Kevin McHale upside the head. But yeah. uh, that being said, it was an opportunity for, uh, I viewed it as an opportunity for me to help the Hawks, Hawks out uh in the marketplace and to also learn about the NBA. And if I ever were to work in the league, it would give me some insight and background as to how to get ready for it. Never would have imagined yeah. that 15 years later, I would be working for the Atlanta Hawks in a full-time position uh, for that franchise. Thank God it worked out that way. Uh, like I said, I enjoyed my time, had a, had a lot of fun, had a lot of memories, met a lot of people, visited a lot of places, but back to the story at hand with Nate. So I, Obviously, I crossed paths with Nate. Nate right. played for a number of years uh, with the Sonics, became a Sonics head coach, and later Portland. And so our paths obviously crossed. And so mm -hmm. I was just I was happy for his success in replacing uh, Lloyd, uh, uh, Lloyd Lloyd Pierce. Lloyd mm -hmm. Pierce. Mm -hmm. And the fact that he led them to the Eastern Conference Final, you knew he would be in line to get that job. Right. It worked out for him. First of all, Nate, Nate McMillan didn't get to be stu a stupid coach all of a sudden, okay? Yeah, he did yeah. something right when he was here. And, uh, but uh, this business, as we all know, uh, much more than the NFL and the NBA or, or Major League Baseball, it's much easier to, to rid yourselves of a coach in the NBA than it is the players. And that's fact. Yeah. That's not yeah. hyperbole or criticizing any player in particular. It's uh, It's – if you view you have a problem and you got a a, a way of so perhaps solving the problem, it's always easier to move the coach. And it, and with that with that though, at let me ask you this: so you know, obviously with with Landry Fields, you know, coming into play and being a former player and being you know having some relationships around the league, like you talked about, mm -hmm. it's obvious that you know coming into this in this to the, to this realm or into this world of being the top basketball guy for now. Uh, mm -hmm. you know, there've been some, um, some, some reports that Tony wrestler is going to hire another experienced executive to kind of mm -hmm. go with this whole ragtag bunch that they have going on. <laughs> and I'm not going to get into, you know, the listing of my homeboy I used to be a beat writer that's now <laughs> a scout, you know, so I don't, don't want to get into that. We got time right. for that today, but I think that Landry Fields has a big shoes to fill when it comes not necessarily because of what Travis Schlank accomplished mm -hmm. you know by bringing Trey Young in bringing John Collins in and drafting Kevin Hurd and bringing all of and finding talent DeAndre Hunter as well but just from a standpoint of the organization and what's been going on and all of the rumors and all of what Nick Wrestler's son and supposedly having all this power just talk about 
for me, just from a, a organization standpoint, as far as where this this organization is and what Landry Fields has to deal with now that he's supposedly the top basketball decision maker. All of what you said is true in so many ways. I mean, he's got uh, he's got a, a lot of burdens that he's got to correct. I mean, first of all, he's only, if I'm not mistaken, 34 years old, maybe 35. Yeah, he's a young so brother, he, yeah. Yeah, so he's not the most experienced uh, position in that uh, in that uh, domain, uh, I, I think, in the NBA at, uh, currently. And that's yeah. not to say there haven't been people younger than him uh, in that position because there has been. But he's got an enormous amount of uh, – uh, corrections that he needs to make to this franchise. He, I, I've already listened to a few of his press conferences and or interviews, and he's got the verbiage down. I'll give him that. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh, trust me. <laughs> that was the one thing that really stood out to me when I, when I was watching the press conference from yesterday. He was just like, mm-hmm. "I made the decision. Yes, it was my decision. <laughs> it was my decision." I was like, "Like he's changing the inflection in his voice every time he says it." I was yeah. like, "He's like he seems like he was like yeah." I'm the boss. I'm in charge. Look, in actuality, T, AT, um, you know. You're not, ultimately, you're not signing those checks. Yeah. Okay. Uh, there you go. There you go. There you go. That's what I was in Okay. Yeah. Don't act like, don't act like you're now uh, moved ahead of your, your ultimate boss, because that's not true. Right. Uh, there was probably a consortium of discussions going on since I knew once they lost to New York. I didn't watch that game last week mm-hmm. prior to the break. Uh, and, but I, once I saw the score, I was resigned to the fact that Nate was going to lose his job, mm-hmm. uh, because that they, they have tried to build this up as a rivalry between those two franchises and Atlanta has had the upper hand, but going into that game, they were struggling that game against Charlotte, uh, <coughs> excuse me, uh, didn't make any sense either. Uh, you've yeah. lost that team three times. Yeah, uh, and that, those three wins right now would push you in a higher place in the playoff seating. I think the Hawks are in the eighth spot, yeah, and eight spot, those, yep. three, those those three wins alone would have, would have placed them in the sixth spot. Yeah, and so something had to be done, and unfortunately, or like I said, the easiest decision for them to make was to to remove Nate. But for Landry, you don't have a whole lot of experience at uh, in being in the front office. You don't. And that's just facts. Uh, That's Mm -hmm. what your resume states. That's not a knock against you. And Mm -hmm. that's not why I'm saying that. Uh, You are a former player who, and many former players, don't have that option of getting into the front office. Some don't want it. uh, Some do. uh, And some can't because they haven't been given the opportunity to do so. Landry has uh, somehow worked his way through the ranks. He was with the with the San Antonio Spurs G League team, if if I remember straight, and yep. uh, mm-hmm. uh, and then he came over to the Hawks and he was uh, groomed as uh, uh, Schlenk's, uh top assistant. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna knock whether he's worthy enough of sitting in that chair. Or not time will tell us if that will yeah. be the case. Yeah, but uh, he I'm sure he learned enough from uh, Travis to help him get by in that role. He's already got, like I said, he's got the verbiage down. But there's pressure that comes with it now. You're in that seat. That's like like Nate being the top assistant and the guy that the the players probably talked to when they weren't talking to Lloyd. Yep. You're always griping with Lloyd. Nobody was talking to Lloyd. (laughs) From what I I know. (laughs) Now you you have to view him differently because – uh, he's now the hit guy. He's now calling all the shots. He's now determining playing time and 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 minutes and uh, strategy and what have you. And so um, I'm sure over time, uh, like I said, Nate didn't get stupid all of a sudden. 
No. He led them to the Eastern Conference Final. Yeah. There was a breakdown in there some way, shape, or form. And and but Landry has got the A. Now he's got to find the, the, the best guy possible to come in and take over the reins of this team. Mm-hmm. We're gonna talk about the the uh a guy a name that uh AT just mentioned, that's Quinn Snyder, and whether or not he'll be a good fit. But first, we gotta talk about fanduel.com because now it is the perfect time to download FanDuel because it is the number one sports book in America. Because new customers get a no sweat first bet and uh up to one thousand dollars. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. So what does that mean, Jarvis? It means that you know if you lose your pants in your first bet, you know they got a thousand dollars. That's gonna help you out. So you know, go ahead and go ahead and download that doggone app right now because it is safe, it's it's secure, and it's super easy to use. That's the you can bet on everything from the money line, the point scores, and the, or the threes drain. You know, Friday night the Hawks taking on the Cleveland Cavaliers. How many threes Trey gonna hit now that he got Nate McMillan fired? You go to FanDuel right now and go check it out and see how many it is. And you can bet the over or the under, baby. That's what we do. We try to get you some money right here on ATL Day 1. So don't miss a chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. Now, AT. We talked about Landry Fields and, and the task at hand, right? He's got a lot on his plate, and he's going to have to figure it out as he goes along with, you know, being a new top basketball executive for the Atlanta Hawks as an organization. Because I don't want to throw his, his title out there because somebody might take their title and he might be up under that person this summer. We don't know. It's just, just how things roll with the Hawks as of late. So, But I think the most important hire or the most important thing that's going on right now is who they hire as their next head coach. And according to Sham Sharani, or according to the Athletic, the, Quins, the Hawks are zeroing in on Haw- um, Quinn Snyder. They've already met with him virtually um, because he, right now he's out the country and it looks like they're going to try to get, get something set up to where to do an in-person interview. Now, from your experiences, we talked about your experience as far as being around the NBA and also Quinn Snyder was an assistant under Mike Budenholzer. Mm-hmm. Give me the AT feel on what you think about Quinn Snyder as a head coach. Hey, he won coach of the year award while he was in Utah. Mm-hmm. Okay. That speaks volumes. Um, right. Whether or not uh, he lost a bit of his fastball uh, down the stretch with the jazz, something went wrong there, whether it was uh, issues uh, with players or, or he, he was burned out or um, uh, management, they did have a management change uh, that right. last year he was there, new ownership came in, Dwayne Wade was involved in that. Uh, they had a, uh, they brought in Danny Ainge <clears throat> from uh, the Celtics. And so all of that added up to Quinn either leaving on his own or uh, the new management team um, being interested in making a move. The dude can coach, okay? Yeah. Uh, and he, he got his start, uh, a return start in the NBA under Budenholzer. He was a, if you, uh, fans don't recall, he coached on a, le- a college level uh, many years. I, uh, I, I forget uh, which, Missouri. I believe it was Missouri, Missouri yeah, yeah. where he was mm-hmm. a coach. And so Quinn has been around the block too. Longtime player at Duke, went to a Final Four or two. Um, I'm no Duke fan, so it's uh, uh <laughs> who is? <laughs> uh, so I'll, I'll give him his uh, just desserts there, but uh, 
uh, he would be a, a, a welcome addition to that bench. I also think uh, M.A. Adoko would be uh, a worthy candidate. Now, now troubles aside, uh, we still don't know the full story of what all went down in, in Boston. We All we know is that he lost his job and made bad decisions. Uh, that doesn't mean he hasn't learned from it. It uh, doesn't mean he doesn't deserve a second opportunity. Boston wasn't standing in his way. Uh, they were they were fine with releasing him early. And at one point in time, we thought he was going to be the Brooklyn coach, right. if you remember back. And yep. so... Um, and once again, he didn't get, he may have made stupid choices off the court, but he didn't become a dumb coach uh, uh, during that period of time. Hell, they went to the finals last year. So um, uh, Doka is certainly uh, worthy to, they need to speak to him. Now, you may not make him your final decision, but right. I think uh, you need to figure out what he's all about. That's for certain. And uh, if you feel he hasn't learned from the Boston situation or there's still too much fire uh, to be able to make him a permanent head coach again, then fine. Uh, you yeah. do your due diligence, but right. uh, that's that's uh, I, a lot of mentors in the business that I that were in those seats uh, as GMs. A lot of the things as and coaches, you would always hear them say, "We always tried to make sure we keep names of people we may have to consider," because. Mm. With coaching, you don't know if you have to make a rash decision and fire someone. You don't know if the coach will suffer burnout. You don't know if the players will turn on them. You don't know if uh, tragedy in their family comes into play and, and somebody walks away from the job. Any number of reasons that you need to – you can't you, sh- you can't be caught off guard by uh, uh, a coaching change. And mm-hmm. if you're Landry Fields, you should have been thinking about this back when those athletic stories came out earlier this season and the conflict – was put on full blast uh, by uh, of the, the troubles uh, Trey and Nate were having. Yep. And so if you weren't already thinking about names and uh, candidates and uh, quality individuals to uh, be your next coach, there's nothing wrong with ever thinking about them. It's, that's your that's your job. Uh, yep. you're, not, you're not stabbing a coach in the back by looking for someone uh, to replace uh, that individual. You just can't let that information get out. Okay, yep. Yep. Uh, you can always do things on the DL and the QT and and keep it quiet uh, as best you can if you're in the market for a coach. And so uh, I was surprised to see so many names listed yesterday already. Yeah. Charles uh, Lee, was- Miles Simon, who <laughs> not, nobody knows what that is. That's like, okay. G yeah, Lee yeah. coach. Okay. All right. Cool. Add them to the list. <laughs> we're, we're in the we're in the All Star break period of time. Yeah. So uh, teams don't return to the court until well tonight. Uh, they yeah. start uh, returning around the league. Right, yeah. uh, and so uh, there's been very little activity uh, where a lot of discussion would have been going on. So uh, I give him, I'll give Landry Fields credit for at least revealing some names. He didn't have to yesterday. No, he, yep. he was going to be asked. Okay. Yeah. And so, uh, and, and should be asked because the, this franchise is concerned and the fans are concerned. Uh, they're still in the playoff race. It's, they've got the talent to be better than what they've shown. And so it's incumbent that the coach has the ability to relate to some of these guys who have had issues uh, thus far. And it goes, the the Atlanta public knows who that is. And for your star player to now be dealing with his third coach roughly in his five-year career, that's inexcusable. Yeah, Uh, Somebody's got to get right. And you can't have any more excuses. You can't have any more coaches to blame. We thought that with the uh, change from uh, Lloyd to Nate, that, okay, uh, he has gotten 
what he wanted and let's see how this works <laughs> two years i mean that's yeah, yeah that's span is not good man it's not and, and, and that's the thing when it comes to a guy like trey because when you think of I, I honestly to be 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 quite honest i know mm-hmm. we, we had our conversation about trey off air but i like trey young i really do and i don't mind a guy embracing the whole villain role you know going up to madison square Garden and all that stuff I don't mind having a guy like that on my team because mm-hmm. you know at the end of the day, so you you like that you want to you want those type of guys on your team because like hey I ain't your friend mm-hmm. I, yeah I'm, I'm out here trying to you know give you 40, 40 a night like if that's what I have to do, but I think that the maturity factor comes into play when you talk about relationships with grown men like like you there's a certain type of language that you have to speak in order to be able to communicate effectively so and obviously there's been a breakdown because we know there you know that nate mcmillan went out to your house came out to your house and and, and tried to put lend a hand and and come and and say hey here's how here's what i'm thinking when it comes to you playing off the ball more so and and i think a lot of people who are trey young fans say hey nate should have been fired yeah that's true but I think there's a there's more it's more layers to it when it comes to this team, just specifically on the basketball court because there are a lot of other stuff off the court that you know that's not necessarily really pertinent to what we're talking about. But I, I think when you're just talking about from strictly on the court standpoint, what Nate McMillan was talking about makes sense mm-hmm. because look at the series the series against the Miami Heat. <laughs> it was that they had no answer. Trey didn't know what to do. Like once he passed the ball, everybody was looking like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and Trey sitting up there looking at them like, mm-hmm. <laughs> do your thing. Right. It's like, do your th- All right, man, y'all, this is what they're doing to me. Y'all do what y'all do. So I got mine. You get yours. Go get your choice. <laughs> like, DeAndre, go drop 30. All right, cool. Oh, we know that. Okay. Okay. We're excited about you coming back. But, but I, but I think all in all, there is, it has to be something said about Trey Young's maturity factor because like whether you're a fan or you whether you like them or you dislike them like you have to understand that they ha- we have to see some growth in some area and and, and also and, and the fact that you know you had the murray clint capella and john collins up here running his mouth because we already know you stick a microphone in john collins face he, gonna talk. <laughs> <laughs> he has no issue whatsoever talking <laughs> about the atlanta hawks issues and why <laughs> nate mcmillan got fired like <laughs> You don't be running and hiding on, on this show. We'll, 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 we'll you know, ATL Day One, we thank you for making us, you know, your first listener today. Why don't you stop by Locked On Sports today and make them your second listener today? You can find it wherever you find this podcast. But AT, this mm-hmm. is for the culture. It is the intersection between sports, entertainment, the culture, and sometimes whatever the hell we want to talk about. Because that's not how we get down on this show. Today is no different. Now, you know, I, th- I find it very interesting that. LaShawn McCoy's nickname is Shady because hey. this man was super <laughs> shady when they when he was asked he was on FS1 and when he was asked about what his thoughts on Eric being and me taking the uh assistant head coach slash OC job for the Washington mm-hmm. Commanders. Mm-hmm. LaShawn McCoy went on to say, I hope he doesn't. And then when asked to elaborate, he kind of said, you know. Basically said, Eric Bina ain't got a damn thing to do with what the offensive success for the Kansas City Chiefs. I was like, wow, well, damn. I'm like, whoa. You know, and for those who don't know, 
uh, LaShawn McCoy did play for the uh, at Kansas City Chiefs, and he mm-hmm. kind of even gave examples of like when going over game plans and installs and stuff, stuff like that. He said Eric Benning was never talking. He said it was Andy Reid that came up with that. At what whether or not that is true, right? How do you feel like the the effect of those words coming out of a player's a former player's mouth mm-hmm. of Eric Eric Bieniemy's for him and his his potential to finally get a head coaching job? As we as we discussed before, first of all, fans, we we talked about so much stuff. That started last night, <laughs> carried over to this morning. Yes. Uh, Spirit of full disclosure, Jarvis and I also worked at ninety together at ninety two nine the game for about seven. Indeed, years. Uh, we yes. worked on the afternoon show and had a great time uh, behind the glass with uh, Carl and Mike and Carl. We were the show behind the show. The show behind the show. <laughs> and, and believe me, the station is doing some things that they're uh, that they're doing now. We wish they were doing back then, yeah. involving some of us. The show, the people behind the show. Mm-hmm. Um, because we have a, we certainly have a, a multitude of opinions. We have a vast uh, years of experience in, in him being a former player, me being a former executive, uh, and being around the, the business as we have. We, we we got a lot of thoughts and and a lot of ideas that we think were worthy to be heard. But yeah. that what's what's done is done. We're, the two of us are no longer with the station. I'm proud of him and Tanitra for doing. Uh, this opportunity with uh, with you fans out there, and I'm I'm happy that because I you know I mentioned something about relationships. Well, mm-hmm. see, those relationships is what led them to call me to see if I would be willing to sit in while Tanitra was out on a day. Right. Didn't mm-hmm. mind it in the least, yeah, uh, because they're my my people for life, and I miss Absolutely. those relationships. Siku yeah. Smith is a good friend of mine. Jarvis knows how much that dude meant to me, and I miss him yes. to this day. Uh, and it, uh, but those are those long-lasting relationships that you hang on to forever. You can call them at any time, bounce something off of them. It doesn't have you don't have to be asking for money. Yeah. You just uh, hey, I had an idea about this, that, or the other. Hey, you know my phones are always available to be mm-hmm. a mentor, to be a listener, or what have you. They know that. But yeah. in terms of shady, what that dude, <laughs> that dude. Uh, <clears throat> He he has a lot of bitterness that he's unpacking uh, from his day days in Kansas City. Now he mm-hmm. played for Andy in Philadelphia, yeah. so he's never going to say anything. Uh, no, bad about Andy Reed. that's not going to happen. I don't care nope. how his career ended in Kansas City. For whatever reason, um, Eric Bieniemy is the fall guy, <laughs> and yeah. he is willing to. Why has no one else in the six? This first of all, I've forgotten until yesterday that Eric Bieniemy had signed six one-year contracts yeah. with the Chiefs while he was there. Yeah. That's amazing to me. That's as successful as that the issue? was. Yeah. So if he was the issue, why hasn't any other player who's come through those doors, because Pat, I'm not talking about Patrick Mahomes. I'm not talking about that. Yeah, mm-hmm. Patrick's still there. He's not going to criticize a coach that he has to work with. Nope, he may say things to his head coach. But that, that's never going to get out until he writes a book, maybe 20 years from now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah. Yeah. but uh Shady's out here. Now he's a voice in the media. We have so many guys <laughs> running around in this business right now who I encouraged our players once yeah. the years were over to, uh, if they were interested. Uh, yeah, to get in. Yeah. Everybody's tailor-made for it. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, some think because the, the money is – uh, the money will grow to where uh, they'll be making like dollars 
um, that when they were making it as a player. No, some of you might. Uh, you got to be able to call games to be able to roll to get into that realm. Level. Yeah, that's a yeah. whole other. Yeah. That's a whole other level right there. Doing, yep. doing a podcast, uh, unless you're Pat McAfee and you you fascinate America, and then you you get eyeballs or ears listening to your show. Uh, they're on, there's only a select few like that. Shady McCoy is getting in. He's a newcomer to the business. Mm-hmm. And he ain't holding back for the most part. Uh, it's, it's to the point with me, with with him, that I don't even listen to him. Because uh, it's like, dude, uh, like I told you, when, when I heard what he said uh, driving into work yesterday, and I was like, dude, again, uh, what? just get it all off. I would prefer he gets it all off his chest. So he says exactly what it is. So, about it. So you know me, AT. Mm-hmm. I'm the type of dude. I like to go do my research, right? You know? <laughs> I did a little research. I remember somebody. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, yeah, yeah. Some 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 uh, football executive told yeah, me to yeah, do my yeah. research, even what though I did not do my research. Like what I tell y'all a story one of these days. <laughs> we ain't got time for me to get into that, but I tell this story one of these days. As a matter of fact, JD, he even did a sit down with somebody like he was co-hosting a show during Super Bowl week. I happened to hear, and I was like. Oh, that's rich. That man is trying to get a job. AT, come on now. He's trying to get back relevant. But, but, but when it comes to uh, Shady McCoy, I, mm-hmm. you know, I don't like to call people that by the nickname, but I don't know him, but I feel like I know him because he throw a lot of shade uh, to oh, my wow. man, uh, Eric oh, B. Wow. But I found out, I found an issue. I found out what happened because, you know, some of the other players, former players of Eric B. and me, they came out to his defense and mm. like, Hey man, you tripping? And even Tyron mm-hmm. Matthew, you know how Tyron get down. Mm-hmm. He don't mind saying what's on his mind. He was like, "Hey man, you you walking down a path that you don't need to be going down, my brother." But St. Aug and LSU's finest, yes sir, yes sir. So when you think, when I looked at it though, come to find out, Lashawn McCoy was the lead back that year, right? Mm-hmm. And it's one year, but he started to get some fumble issues. And Eric Bieniemy said, "Hey man, you need to hold a rock tighter," or mm-hmm. he was trying to show him how to do it. But of course. Shady, Mr. He don't want to listen. Mr. He want to listen. He mm-hmm. want to listen to the man. So, and, and, and so his playing time obviously dwindled because of that, which makes all the sense in the world, right? So this might be where this bitterness is coming from, at, and I think oh, that it's definitely where. It's coming from. <laughs> Come on, look, that's a whole other podcast, at. <laughs> there it is. There it is. <laughs> so yeah, so I think that's your uh, semi invitation to come on back. Anytime. Uh, whenever you know, Anytime. whenever you got some time, man, we, yeah, we really you know, appreciate you. Know you. How we do? You know yeah. how we do. Appreciate you for coming out. We appreciate you guys for listening to ATL Day Ones and making it your first listen. How about this? Make it look like on Sports Today, your second listen of the day, and and you can find it wherever you find this pod- podcast. If you're downloading us and watch, checking us out on YouTube, go ahead and hit that subscribe button and um, help us get to six thousand subscribers. We are well on our way. Really appreciate that from you guys in advance. Now, AT, I do this. Every time you know we close out the show, I just mm-hmm. ask the people to do one thing: I make sure they share love, show love, and most importantly, spread love. We'll see y'all tomorrow. No doubt, be good. Appreciate.